Dr. Tracy Koo, all the way from Perth, Australia, as a guest on my podcast. She is an amazing business leader, has got extensive corporate experience, and also she is an international best-selling author, podcast host for Victim to Victory. She's going to come in and share her story, her journey, her life, and expertise with us. So let's make Tracy welcome. Thank you very much. I have absolutely been loving the podcast and what you're doing in the podcasting space. So it's an absolutely honor to be here with you. And yeah, thank you very much for asking a little bit about my story. So I have a corporate background in uh, sales and insurance. And at the moment, I'm very passionate. In the last few years, I've been helping female business owners to launch a profitable podcast uh, in 90 days, even if they've got zero experience or audience. It's something I'm very passionate about. And we've uh, recently rebranded to the, the podcast empire. So from victim to victory, what I'm really passionate about and why I'm sharing this, especially to your audience to do with networking, is that we can only say stay in a certain season of our business and our personal and professional development space before we have to grow and evolve and and create a bigger brand to create more influence to change more communities. So when we're actually, when I've actually rebranded almost, uh, into the podcast empire, it was more about visionaries and thought leaders and disruptors and the way of the future. And I've really discovered as a result, when we look back on what we've done in our businesses, and this is very congruent to networking, is we can only stay in that season before we have to evolve. And that season may be very successful. And that's the struggle, right? It's like, yeah, but this is really successful and I'm going to go and reinvent another wheel. But when we do that, we're evolving. So if you look at it from the mindset of evolution and create new networks, then that's where we next level. That's where we come into a different season and we come into a greater purpose. Uh, So thank you very much for asking that. I love that. And it's so important to always evolve. As business leaders, we are meant to evolve because then new ideas come our way and that's how we integrate, we test them, we learn them, we find a feedback, look around, all right, how can we sharpen it to be even better so that we can share that with our clients and help them quantum leap? And with that in mind, I wanted to ask you this question. What does Magnetic Networking Accelerator means to you? It's a great question. I think it's all about alignment. Because when we're having these conversations, whether we meet in a Facebook group, in a, in a face to face, uh, you know, chamber of commerce situation at a, at an event, wherever we're meeting with people, it's all about alignment. And we always ask that question in business. Oh, when we introduce ourselves, we all do it. So what do you do? And some people will just give you their job title, right? Oh, I'm a podcast host, but when you go that next step further and really open up those doors to clear communication, it really 
you know, will I help XYZ to XYZ? It really opens up those doors of alignment and it, it pulls you into their room and you ask more questions, genuine, authentic, organic questions, whether online or in person of getting to know that person even more. So magnetic really means, wow, I really want to support you in that. Wow, how can we collaborate or network on that? Wow, let's do an event together. Uh, wow, I, I've just was having a conversation somebody the other day and my product or service or opportunity wasn't a fit, but can I connect you with them? And that's how we actually build those supporting networks. And we hear this saying, no isn't a no right now because we could always say, and I say this to my clients all the time, if what I haven't got is a fit for you today. I'm sure I know somebody in my network that I can connect you with. And that's what magnetic uh, networking is all about. Absolutely. You're spot on. And I love the part where you point out that sometimes we don't have that immediate connection with the product, but we always have the circle in our sphere that we can recommend that to someone else because we are connected to so many thousands of people not across the country, but globally. So our contact had increased significantly during COVID because of that global connection. So of course, if we think further to make quality introductions, there's always that opportunity to go, hey, you know what? Someone in South Africa might need this or someone in New York City could really benefit from this because I was connecting with them through an offline um, conversation somewhere along XYZ and they mentioned something that just stood out. So I like that, you know, you mentioned that because it's important to always keep a lookout and have that very strong bird's eye view on where we can really connect others. And the more we do that, the better the world will be. So I really appreciate that comment. What were the challenges for you, Tracy, when you first started your business? The challenges was thinking that I needed a huge audience or that I needed, you know, uh, all the experience to get started, that perfectionism kind of mindset, which I know a lot of people are challenged with. And the biggest struggle to get started in my business was building it in the air to take that imperfect action, to not actually seeing the whole staircase before we take the first step. Because Les Brown actually once said to me, he said, uh, you know, the, the, the graveyard is the most expensive real estate on earth because that's where our dreams go to die. And a lot of people have all these wonderful ideas. They don't know how to execute it. They get overwhelmed and then they take no action at all. Or they have a friend's circle that keeps them playing small for their whole entire life and they never get to fulfill their dreams. So talking about struggles to get started, it's you just have to take the first step, take that little compound effect action, you know, because the compound effect, small daily actions lead to bigger things. And when it leads to bigger things, that's when things change, because if things don't change, 
as we know, things don't change. So just take that imperfect action. Nobody's going to care. Nobody is going to worry. And that's what I used to be worried about, that I needed to have all my ducks in a row, that I needed to have all the things in place. And you don't. You can build it in the air. And that seems very out of character for a lot of people. It's like, yeah, but there's no but to go. You don't negate it. You just take action. And if you fail, if it doesn't succeed, what's the lesson that you learned so that on the next step, you can make it a little bit better because there's no such thing as perfect. And we have to let that go. And the more genuine, authentic we are and really stand in that space and own it, I think that removes all those struggles as well. And that's a mindset right? That's a mindset. That's a limiting belief mindset. And a lot of people struggle with this. I struggle with this. It's very entrepreneurial to struggle with this when you're starting your own business. Just take the first step. Just take that imperfect action and learn from it and grow because nobody is more hard on themselves than than yourself. So nobody's going to (laughs) care. You mentioned that, you know, you've got a lot of people who really aren't surrounded by the right people. So what happens is that they are surrounded by people who always keep them small. Our role is to help others expand. Once they expand, then, you know, opportunities come their way because their spirit is open, their mind is open. The way they actually connect with others is a whole nother level. A lot of people miss that. And so I want you to expand this point where you said you had to really change the kind of relationship or find new relationships that would go, Tracy, I'm championing your dream. I'm championing your vision. I see where you are. I celebrate every single milestone that you are achieving. Where do you think our audience can find those people? I think once you start developing those conversations, it's getting in the room with like-minded people. This is something that we hear quite often. We can go to Facebook groups with people that are like-minded. So if you're a gardener and you really love planting trees, find a group, even a physical group, where you can go and you can share like-minded ideas. And when that room becomes too small and somebody once, a mentor once said to me, when you're the smartest person in the room, find another room. And then you never want to be the smartest person in the room, but you do want to surround yourself with people who champion you, with people who breathe life into you, with people that kind of go, great idea. Look, I tried it this way. Have you ever tried that? Instead of kind of going, oh, that idea will never work. Oh, no, no, don't do that. My cousin's best friend's girlfriend's ex-neighbor tried that and it didn't work. (laughs) You know, you have to be, you have to surround yourself with people that are going to support your ideas, that are going to say, look, I don't understand, but I'm here if you kind of need anything. And when people start saying to you, oh, you've changed 
own that. Just say thank you so much. And this is a situation that happened to me last, the beginning of last year, actually. A group of friends that I've known for 20, almost 30 years, some of them, they went, Oh, Tracy, you've changed. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. And that, but they didn't mean it in a good way because they like to see the old version of you because that's where they feel safe. So people's opinions about you and what you're doing and your ideas and dreams and hopes and goals is about you. It's not about them. And when they're taking on your dreams and goals and visions, but still doing the same thing day after day and their life isn't changing and yours is, that's their limiting belief, not yours. So you don't need to take ownership of that. You need to shake that off and you need to grow and feel good about yourself. And I think getting into those rooms where people really are, you know, um, people say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And it is so true. It is so true. Is it harder with family? Yes, it is. Because we can't kind of go, look, Auntie Sue, you know, you're a real drag on my energy and you don't support me and you're always putting down my ideas. But you can not see Auntie Sue as often. You can, you can control the conversation and have posture and just be in a grants, but secretly kind of know that you know what you're doing and she's just validating herself, not devalidating you. So sitting in that space of posture and it, it takes a while and a, a certain mindset to just kind of have that belief in yourself. Do a bit of personal development. Get around people that are the talking about the future, you know. Uh, if someone's TV is bigger than their bookshelf, that's kind of a red flag. <laughs> if they're talking about, you know, who won The Bachelor instead of things that you're interested in, and if you don't watch The Bachelor on TV, then, you know, maybe you need to change a few conversations and challenge people with conversations. That's okay to do as well. I see that you're always, you know, talking about losing weight. Yeah, you're always eating a bag of chips. You know, do you need some help with that? You can can reach out and have these really honest, authentic conversations that that come from your heart to be able to create those networks with like-minded people. Absolutely, absolutely. I know that Facebook is one area that you can find like-minded people. Of course, the Chamber of Commerce, if you have got a local one in your network, where else, you know, a couple of ideas that our audience can start thinking because they want to break out of their current group of people that they spend time with that is beyond Facebook and um, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, community groups are absolutely wonderful as well. And also, believe it or not, volunteer organizations. So I was speaking with somebody who has just learned sign language and she went to one of the deaf schools and she didn't realize I had a volunteer program. And now she's written a book about sign language and she offers her services at like concerts and her, her network has, has grown to support her for her love of sign language. And I really do think as well, you know, start your own group. If you're having trouble finding people, put out an app. Add, go to your local council or go to your local library and say, hey, once a month, can I hold a book reading club here? We have to take action as well. You know, if we were looking around and we're trying all these spaces like Chamber of Commerce and LinkedIn groups and Facebook groups and community and volunteer options and nothing is kind of quite a fit, start your own fit. 
and attract people. If you want to do yoga at the park at six o'clock in the morning before your drive to work, then start something. Go to your local council. Where can I do this? What's the best park? What would I need? And gather that information and just start. Start your own movement. Because, you know, we, we've got to be these visionaries, right, in networking sometimes. And sometimes we're not going to fit into a certain group, but maybe there's a whole heap of other people that are waiting for you to lead them into the next room as well. So really putting yourself in a leadership and thought leadership mindset can really help evolve and create new communities as well. No, I, I love that because when you actually start your own group, you actually have got so much skills in leadership, managing the event, attracting the right people, structuring the meeting organizing the committee members and those skills are so powerful to network with people who wants to champion a particular course. I had personally in the past been part of Toastmasters for about just under five years and I had enjoyed my time there. The amount of experience and exposure that I came across in my state and in my district was enormous. And you meet so many amazing people across different industries. You meet them across different types of professions at different clubs. And that kind of skill set sometimes is not taught in uni. You can't get them from a program that you bought for five figures. Or it's true the doing, it's true the connecting, it's true being there that draws the right people into your world. So a lot of nuggets of wisdom in that answer that you've just given to us, Tracy. Just sitting question now to ask you, what's your prediction of the future of entrepreneurship in 2023 and beyond? That's a great question. You know, we were giving this um, some thought in a mastermind recently, and I really believe strongly that entrepreneurs are going to be more hybrid. They are going to be holding a lot more in uh, live in-person events. Now that events are coming back in 2023, I really predict that people are craving that personal connection and energy and the relationships you can build by actually looking into somebody's eyes. And I really believe as an entrepreneur, if you're not adding some kind of physical event to your marketing mix uh, to add value to your exact audience, whether it's a retreat, whether it's a speaking event, whether it's a workshop, whether it's a, a one-hour mastermind, a, a weekend team building, you really need to add that to your mix as an entrepreneur. Now, you could be a solopreneur, but maybe you are in a a network where you can connect with other entrepreneurs that are in different industry and niches, and you can have maybe a business mindset weekend, hire a mansion on the Gold Coast, wherever, and all get together and spitball ideas in maybe the subject matter might be leadership or it might be social media. Maybe you with all of your connections as a group, you can bring in a special guest to deliver a, a presentation. 
there are so many different options and the prediction for 2023 for entrepreneurs is add a physical event to your marketing mix because people at the moment, they're craving in person and they are going to turn up because we can travel and those relationships that we can build rebuild on physical energy space are going to be really important. Listeners, if you have not booked yourself into a retreat or physical conference this year, make sure that you check out calendars of any particular events coming up locally or international because we can travel now and, you know, to be able to engage at that level, it's so important. Post-COVID, it is so true, Tracy, that it is hybrid now and we need to connect with people and not lose that human connection physically because it is different when you actually do hug someone in an in-person event. It's like different. When you look at them in the eye, it's whole another level. No matter how masterful someone is looking at the camera and speak so eloquently, it's a whole nother level when they speak from stages and they engage you in the audience. So take away, book an in-person event if you have not already done so. Stacey, last year you had a book win. You had this book called Victim to Victory and it became an international bestseller on the last quarter of 2022. Can you share with us your book journey and what inspired you to embark on that path? Thank you very much. We're very proud. We've got 18 collaborative authors who were guests on the Victim to Victory podcast and we're talking about net networking and new seasons and next leveling. And it had always been on my heart to put their stories into a collaborative book and to share these voices. And I firmly believe that change starts with our story. So when we're showing where we've been and how we've overcome and how we're actually helping others because of a result of our story and we're wearing our story like a superhero cape and not an anchor weighing us down, change starts with our stories. And these 18 brave people stepped forward and put their hand in all their vulnerability and strength and they wrote a 1,200-word chapter each. And in each chapter, we made the book unique because I, I've got to be a bit different. I've got to be a, a, bit, a bit more forward thinking. And we put a QR code in the beginning of each of those authors' chapters so that somebody reading their chapter can actually scan it and go and watch their podcast interview as well. And the most important part of this is that each individual chapter uh, was distributed so many, so many places. I can't even tell you, like hundreds of places. And the publishing journey was very therapeutic for all of us. We did not expect to come into writing a book. And I highly recommend it. If a book is on your heart, get those words out, get a pen and paper. There's a neuroscience then to just typing and write your chapter or write your book out because the the conversations and messages that we've received back from the launch of our Amazon number one best-selling book has been, I really resonated with 
Susan's story. I really resonated with the the message. I really resonated with the gratitude this person showed and her her story is just, you know, it made me cry. It's evoked these emotions and it's shown that everyone is relatable and authentic and regardless, regardless of where we come from, regardless of what life has given us, then we can go on and still change the rest of our story. We can rewrite our own chapters. And if you've got a book on your heart, get your pen and paper, let your words just flow out, get yourself a great publisher. We had a fantastic publisher. We done, um, it was very therapeutic to get those words out. We had uh, Zoom collaborative calls with our publisher when she was got, taking us through the writing process. And she calls it the dark night of the soul is where you finally get your story out. And it's, it's got the cutoff date to publish and you're like, <gasps> Oh my God, people are going to read this and, and working through that therapy. And we, we had a Zoom where we we're all crying and then laughing and then, uh, rewriting things and giving each other ideas. And it's just a wonderfully empowering, uh, experience. And it goes through all of the levels of emotions. And when it's finally released, there's just this elevation of joy and achievement and it just feels so good and when that box arrives with your physical copies I felt like a kid at Christmas it was just oh my god my I've written a book <laughs> and the 18 authors are just number one best-selling authors now as well so it adds to your resume it adds to your influence and your credibility and it, it helps change people people's lives and they may not read the whole book but they may just pick out one chapter and it may change a perspective or it may give them hope or inspiration or it may get them to remove themselves from a situation that is no longer serving them or a person uh, that or a job that is no longer serving them and creating networks like that as well there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are starting collaborative books one might might talk about social media one might talk about uh business forecasting or you know a whole range of things a metaverse and i see a lot of that shifting in network collaborations in books as well uh which is a, a great way for the future I know it is so powerful and I had four multi-author books myself and had that done the last 18 months and it has just been such a powerful journey and I couldn't agree more where the impact that you leave and the journey of writing is so cathartic. It allows you to really put pen to paper or pencil to paper your story because there's something about processing it in your thoughts and then downloading it it's a whole nother level of healing that I personally have experienced. And the amount of breakthroughs that I've seen through that 18 months of journey, having four books is incredible. So I really encourage our audience to consider that and that, you know, either Tracy or myself can help you point you to a particular multi-author book as well, because both of us are very, very connected to so many different publishers. So that's definitely something to put down on your considered to-do list. Tracy, I want to move to another question and I wanted to ask your thoughts on this. 
you know, communication is such a powerful tool for us in this global space. How would people communicate in a world that we would call it perfect, in your opinion? To communicate with something imperfect or perfect? Perfect world. In a perfect world. Well, we'd all be really cordial, wouldn't we? We'd all be manners and uh, we'd all be non-opinionated and we'd all be in a space of people-pleasing almost. If we were to live in a world of, you know, perfect communication and I don't think that world exists too much. So to really address that question, it is there's no such thing as perfect. We can only be our true authentic self. We can only communicate from our heart, you know, with respect in mind. And we can still have challenging conversations, but we don't have to push our opinions on somebody else. We can kind of say, well, what do you think about this? And have you considered this? And, oh, I didn't think of it like that. Yeah, that's that's actually a good perspective. And that's how we actually change those neuro patterns. That's actually how we we develop that relationship on a different level through that communication, open communication, being actually open and not shut down and not being a, a keyboard warrior or a reactive communicator where somebody says something and you've got to bark at them straight away, we can still process, we can still have our own belief systems because most people communicate from their belief and value systems. You know, well, I believe or, well, I think. So when people are using that kind of verbiage and language, then they're coming from their values and beliefs. And we, we communicate from that and our experiences and they change over time as well as we grow into more mature adults. We know sometimes when to hold ourselves back and we know sometimes when to actually challenge a conversation or to actually just leave the conversation because it's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to serve anybody. And that's just going to go around in a circle and make us upset. And we want to be able to remove ourselves. So there's no such thing as a perfect communication, I think. Great answer. Great answer. And you had so many powerful points in there on helping others master the art of powerful conversation. So I hope that our audience really, really took on board because it's all about even removing yourself from this conversation or challenging, asking the right questions and helping them understand that. Is that true? Is that healthy? Great answer. Our final question is, What's the funniest thing that happened to you recently? The funniest thing. Oh, wow. This is is actually (laughs) the thing that comes to mind. I was actually walking my dog at the dog park and I had this young, young girl, she's probably 18 or 19, sitting on a bench with her dog and she kept looking at me and I'm like, do I know her? Is she a friend of my my younger daughter's? And she was like really intently like looking at me and I thought, have I got something, you know, is is my cloak, my button undone? Like, And then she came over to me and she goes, I've seen you. And I went, "Um, okay. 
And she said, no, no, you're that lady on, on YouTube. And I went, uh, yeah, I do have a YouTube channel. She goes, I've watched your TikToks. She got really excited about it. I've seen you. <laughs> I, 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 you know, she started that. And I said, oh, well, it's great to meet you. And, um, I, you know, I hope you're getting value out of what I'm posting. And, and she, she took a selfie with me and I don't know who she is. <laughs> she just left with her dog. Isn't that crazy? So you never know. My, my lesson I learned from that is you never know who's watching. That's right. You never know who is getting value from what you're actually presenting online or in person. And that's part of networking as well, right? Because you can influence a, a life and they don't necessarily have to buy your product, your service or your opportunity, but you can still influence them or change their perspective or create a new friend. And you may not even know who that is. And that's a, that's a good place to be as well. <laughs> Absolutely. That's living such a great positive impact in this world, isn't it? They always say, you know, leave your footprints in the jungle and don't take anything because ultimately it's those presence that you bring into that space that leaves a powerful impact for someone. Tracy has been such a delightful conversation I had with you so far and I really enjoy what you have shared with us. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast and I hope to have you back again in the future. Thank you very much. I'm really grateful for the opportunity and I'm loving the podcast. Thank you very much. See ya.